0: Hello, I'm Sean. Welcome to Wellspring Baptist Church Podcast. We're glad that you're listening today. For more information on all that's happening at Wellspring, please visit our website at www.wellspringbaptistchurch.org. I hope this message is a blessing to you. All right, take your Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, we are starting a couple weeks ago, we started uh, a study in the Book of Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, and um, it's rich. There's a lot, uh, a lot uh, from the Lord here in this, in this book, and uh, just in this chapter today that we're going to look at Matthew chapter six. Uh, let's read the last two verses, and then we're going to back up. The last two verses of Matthew six. The Bible says in verse 33. Jesus speaking, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Remember two weeks ago we were talking about hungering and thirsting after righteousness. He says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Take, no, take therefore no thought for the morrow. For the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself, sufficient into the, unto the day is the evil thereof. You know, we as human beings have a tendency of borrowing trouble, don't we? Sometimes we borrow trouble from tomorrow, and sometimes we borrow trouble from next year, and sometimes we even go farther out than that and, and borrow trouble. But the Lord here in this passage at the end of chapter 6 addresses this uh, issue of anxiety, of, of cares, of trouble uh, that we go through in our mind and in our heart that He he tells us uh, that we can have victory over, that we can have help in. And so let's zoom out for just a second and try to get into the context of this whole whole uh, passage. Again, when we started, we started uh, in Matthew chapter 5, and this is the start of the Sermon on the Mount. Um, and again, I said... Uh, the last service that we had that I preached about this, I said it's it's never good to focus on the preacher, except if the preacher is Jesus Christ. Okay. And uh, Jesus Christ is the preacher, the teacher here, and he is God himself. He is God in the flesh. He is the creator. He is the uh, savior. He is what the Bible calls the word. And so Jesus stands here and And preaches this sermon, and this sermon is very practical. It's to the heart, and um, I would say this: it's pretty extreme. It's pretty extreme. If you, and here's we got some homework because there's no way I could uh, do this justice, the Sermon on the Mount, in just like three weeks, or that's what I'm gonna try and do. Um, But so uh, this next week, just take it home and open your Bible. Read Matthew 5, 6, and 7 in, in, one sh- in one shot. The Sermon on the Mount. And just let the preacher, Jesus Christ, teach you. And here, And I'm telling you, uh, you'll find out that it's, uh, it's pretty, pretty extreme. If you were to just sit down and hear this message, uh, he covers the gamut in and, and these three chapters. Uh, he begins with what we covered last time, uh, the Beatitudes or the attitude to be. And he tells us this is how we are to be salt and light. And he expects his followers and believers to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. And that's him working through us. That's his characteristics, the beatitude coming out of us. And then right after that, he, he, goes, into, um, see, oh, wait. he, he goes into his relation with the law, Jesus does in Matthew 5 and verse 17. And then he's, he's 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 coming about to say, "Hey, there's a new thing going to happen, a new testament." Uh, but but he's saying, "I didn't come." Matthew five and verse seventeen. He says, "I did not come to destroy the law, but to fulfill it." Ready? In other words, the law was not bad; it was just fulfilled in Jesus Christ. He fulfilled the law. For us, So he lays out his relation to the law um, in the Sermon on the Mount. And then he goes on to say to us in verse 20 that our righteousnesses, he says you can't enter into heaven except your righteousnesses exceed that of the Pharisees. I mean if you're sitting here listening to this sermon for the first time, I'm telling you, you read down through it, it's pretty extreme until you realize that Jesus Christ died to give us righteousness. Yes, uh, he says, your righteousness must exceed that of the Pharisees. If we were to watch how the Pharisees lived, we'd think, this is impossible, right? This is impossible. He goes from there, from, from that, he begins to talk about anger. And he preaches against anger. talks about lust. He talks about divorce. He talks about, in this passage, loving your enemies. And Jesus, multiple times, in just in Matthew chapter 5, talks about hell. Uh, Jesus was one of those preachers that preached on hell. Matter of fact, more than anyone else in all of the Scripture, it was Jesus Christ that spoke on hell. More than any of the other teachers, preachers, or writers in all of the Bible. And so he hits that. Um, Jesus was not just trying to ease his hearers into a little bit better lifestyle. When you read this, I'm telling you, it's like he's sitting there saying, this is a teetotal change. Uh, And he's preaching right to the heart, saying, You got to have, in other words, none of these things are possible without a heart change. None of these, to live this way is impossible without Christ in you, without Him being uh, uh, our justification by faith. He ends chapter 5 with this. And of course, you know, everybody says this cliche well, my goodness, nobody's perfect, right? You've heard that. Jesus ends his first chapter, chapter 1 with uh, and be ye therefore perfect even as your Father which is head in heaven is perfect. Now you're sitting there listening to this like whoa, you know, Jesus, wow that's impossible. But he made it possible and this is what the joy is he made that possible through his death, burial, resurrection the New Testament his his, uh, payment for our sins that we can have his imputed righteousness. Then he goes on to chapter 6 and I, I want to get into the context of chapter 6 before we uh, finish at the end verses where we started. He begins in verse 1, take heed that you do not your alms before men to be seen of them, otherwise you have no your reward you have no reward of your father which is in heaven. Therefore, when thou dost thine alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and the streets that they may have the glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. By the way, if you ever wonder why it was the religious crowd, the Pharisees, that hated Jesus so much, is that multiple times, Jesus called them hypocrites, right to their faces. It was was pretty rough from time to time. Then verse 3, But when thou dost thine alms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand does. Do it. That thine alms may be seen in, be, oh, excuse me. That thine alms may be in secret, and that thy Father, which seeth in secret himself, shall reward thee openly. So he gives it. He gets into giving, and he talks about the motive, the motive for giving. Verse five, he says, and when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets. That they may be seen of men. Pay attention to that. Seen of, by the way, Jesus' definition of hypocrite, and he mentions hypocrites three times in this passage. Jesus' definition of hypocrites may be a little bit different than what our definition of a hypocrite is. Many times we call a hypocrite someone who says they do something but don't. But Jesus' definition of a hypocrite three times in this one passage is someone that does something but does it for the wrong motive? They do it to be seen of men. They do it to be seen of men. So he goes on. When thou prayest, you know, don't do that, but, verse 6, thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut the door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. But when ye pray, use not vain repetition, as the heathens do, for they think that they should be heard by their much speaking. So he, he goes into their prayer life. Verses 14 and 15. He goes into forgiveness. Look at this. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father also will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So now he's covered giving. He's covered the motive for it and the motive for praying. He's covered forgiveness. He goes into fasting. Look at verse 16. Moreover, when ye fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces, and they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou fastest, anoint thine head and wash thy face. That thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy, thy Father, which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret, shall reward thee open. You know what I find is interesting here is Jesus is not preaching against these things. He's actually, as he teaches and preaches this message, he's assuming that you do it. He's assuming that we give. He's assuming that we pray, He's assuming that we forgive. He's ass- assuming that we fast. He goes on, verse, look at verse 19. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth or rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through or steal. Look at this. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be be also when I read that verse I think Jesus gives us a window into our heart for two things, uh, two ways one, if you want to know where your heart is, look where your treasure is, that's one is it on earth or is it in heaven secondly he says for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also, he almost kind of tells you a little formula here, how to get your heart right on heavenly things is to put your treasure that way you say, what do I treasure? Uh, I think in this culture, a lot of us treasure time. We treasure all our, we treasure our uh, talents, our abilities, our things that God has given us. Um, all those different treasures, whatever we treasure, uh, find out which direction our treasure is going. And uh, we don't want to kid ourselves, right? So we say, okay, if my treasure's here in all earthly things, then most likely my heart is set on earthly things if my treasure is toward heavenly, eternal things, uh, maybe my heart is starting to head that direction toward heavenly, eternal things. He says, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Uh, Jesus tells us to lay up treasures in heaven. Verse 22, The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. Jesus begins to teach on a single purpose. One purpose. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one, or he will love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon, or ye cannot serve God and money. And so then, I I, I went through all that, and I know I went through it kind of quickly. But I went through all that to take the whole message into context. Then he tells us how not to be anxious. Then he tells us how not to be overcome with all these worries and troubles and and, and all those things. Uh, You say, why? Because I believe a lot of our anxieties and a lot of our problems stem from uh, serving two masters. A lot of our, our, our problems and anxieties come. Listen, when's the last time, stop and think about this, when's the last time you have lost sleep worrying about uh, how things are going in heaven? Like you're just stressed out about eternity. Like I hope God's got that whole thing under control. I know he said he's building us a mansion and he's going to do it all, but I wonder if he's going it right. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, I've been worrying. I'll be honest with you. As from time to time, I worry about how the construction of the new building. But I have not lost sleep one moment on how God's doing my mansion. I haven't. My point with this is, is he's saying, listen, put your focus on the right things if we're stressing too much. Maybe we're trying to serve too many masters. Maybe our purpose is not right. Maybe we need to stop and break the bondages with fasting. Maybe, maybe maybe, there's unforgiveness. Maybe if we are so wor- worried or uh, anxious about stuff, maybe we haven't forgiven somebody. Maybe we haven't taken the time to take it to the Lord in secret and pray. Maybe, maybe we are covetous. That's why he hit giving first. You know how we break covetousness? Giving. So he says maybe a lot of the issues with our anxiety, with our worry, is because we're not getting a couple of these first things that he tells us. Then, then he addresses the anxiety, the trouble, the things that we go on. So look with me. Verse 25. So that was just the introduction. This is getting in. The introduction was long. The meat of the message is short. Verse 25. Therefore, like I just said, all those sort of things that he just mentioned, should be in place. Therefore, I say unto you, look at this, take no thought. As we read down through this passage, he says it four times. Pay attention. Take no thought for your life, what you shall eat, or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body, what you shall put on. Is not life more than meat, and the body more than raiment? Wow. That's pretty amazing. He says... uh, Keep your mind right. Keep your heart right. Uh, Here's another one of those clichés that Jesus blows out of the water right here. You know, we say, hey, we don't need to worry about everything. Just worry about making sure our family's clothed and fed, right? I mean, everybody's kind of in agreement that, hey, as long as we just worry about those things. And Jesus said, no, I'm taking those away too. He said, no, no, no. Don't even worry about that sort of stuff. He says, listen... It would, be, it would be a waste of our time for us to worry about something that Jesus has already promised he would take care of. Amen. Amen. Oh, you have little faith. If Jesus said he was going to do it and then we worry about it, that's, that's the definition that we don't believe that he can do it. We don't believe that he can take care of it. I'm preaching to myself this morning. Guys, I, I struggle with this a little. Listen, I struggle with uh, this a little bit. I might not always act like it, but I'm telling you, in my mind, I'm worrying about how things work out. I'm worried about what people think. Again, that was another thing. He says, the hypocrites, uh, they, what they were worried about was being seen as men. Yeah. I forgot that. Yeah. That would help us with our anxiety, too. Quit worrying about what other people yeah, think. Yeah. Right? And so, quit worrying about their opinion and what they think about you. Worry about what God... If our heart is single, yeah. then we say, God, if I'm right with you, then... You know, I'm right with you. Thank you, Lord. You know, and just go on. But anyhow, he says, uh, Take no thought for what you shall eat, or what you shall drink. Uh, and again, here's the thing Jesus is not telling us to be mindless, he's not telling us not to think. He says four times in this passage, Take no thought for certain things. But in this passage, he says, Behold, he says, Consider, and he says, Seek. So it's not that Jesus is telling us, Don't think is he's telling us what to think about. He's telling us, hey, what's important is what you set your mind on, is what you choose to allow your mind to think on, what you choose uh, to allow your mind to feed on, not the cares of this world. Uh, He goes on to say, look at verse 26, Behold, the fowls of the air that they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. I like this. Are ye not much better than they? He said, listen, the Lord takes care of the sparrows. The Lord takes care of the robin. And you're better than, than they to Him. You say, why are we better than them? Because we're created with a soul. Because we're created in the image of God. He says, you're better than them. Uh, God's gonna take care of you. He says, Behold the files of the air. Then he looks look at verse twenty-seven. Which of you, by taking thought, or by worrying, which of you by worrying, can add one cubit under your stature? Who here can give testimony that they worried themselves to death and it and it really paid off? It really helped, right? Jesus is saying, You can't change you can't worry yourself taller, right? You can't worry yourself into a better position. Uh, he does say you can believe and have faith and work and trust and do all those sort of things, but we can't worry ourselves into a better position. Verse 28, and why, take ye, and why take ye thought for raiment? Consider, again, he's telling us to think, consider the lilies of the field, how they grow and toil not, neither do they spend. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these, Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you? And then he says this, O ye of little faith. I I know this is a hard message in the sense of, I told you, Jesus' message is pretty extreme. Read down through it. But here's, here's my point. Sometimes we think we have issues that we worry about. We have this. We have a job problem. We have a career problem. We have a money problem. We have a health problem. We have this problem. We have that problem. The truth of the matter is, if it's worrying and it's sick, we have a faith problem. It's hard. You say, why? Because we can go through. Here's, here's the point of, of faith. As God's people can go through the fire. They can go through the fire and still have peace that passes understanding. He says that in in, in math. Uh, let me turn there just for a second. Hold your finger. You can turn with me. I'm going to go quick. In Philippians, I wanted to hit this. Philippians, this is a familiar passage to you, but Philippians 4, in verse 6, he says this. Be careful for nothing. In other words, be full of care about nothing. Worry yourself sick. Be anxious about nothing be careful for nothing but in but in everything with prayer so don't worry about anything pray about everything don't worry about anything pray about everything that's what jesus says Um, and 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 supplication with thanksgiving also gives thanks when we start getting worried to death when we start thinking because we as humans have have a way we can have a hundred things going right and one thing going wrong and we could just and we just focus on the one thing going wrong, yeah. right? And so start giving thanks for the hundred things going wrong. He says, uh, and, and, and the peace of God, here's a promise, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. This is what Jesus is telling us. He's, he preaches to our heart. Jesus preaches to our mind. He said, let's keep the heart right. Let's keep the mind right. And... By doing that we have to choose what we think on. Look at verse 8. Finally, brother. Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, then what's he saying? Think mm-hmm. on these things. So it's important to the Lord what we think about, what we have our mind set on. Okay? So back to the back to Matthew. Chapter six, he says, "O ye of little faith." Then the next verse, verse thirty-one: "Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things, do the Gentiles seek? And your heavenly Father knoweth ye have need of these things." You know what Jesus is saying? And I said this the other day. Jesus just wants his people to believe and trust. When when uh when God told Abraham that he was gonna have he and Sarah were gonna have a child. And you read down through that passage, I said this I think And and Sarah laughed. And Jesus said to Abraham, Abraham, why did you laugh? Is anything too harmful is what he said. And when you when you hear him say it, it's almost as if he's he's sad. Like Abraham, if you and Sarah don't believe me, who's gonna? Abraham, if you and Sarah can't trust me, I mean, and that's what he's saying here. He's saying, listen, I'd hate to have all my people say, hey, we're Christians, we're followers of the one true God, the one that created heaven and earth, and we are worried sick about what we're going to wear, what we're going to eat, and how we're going to do all these sort of things. He's saying, no, that's what the world worries about. We as Christians should throw that stuff aside and believe and trust in the Lord and say, listen, God will take care of me. He's taken care of us this far. Amen. I mean, He's taken care of us this far. I believe you could just say, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I mean, you can just go ahead and say, I think He's taken care of me this far. He's going to take care of me all the way home. I believe that I can trust in Him. So He goes on to say, "Therefore, take no thought what you shall eat." He said, "This is what the Gentiles worry about." And now back to the end where we started. But here's what He does want us to think about: If we are to worry, and again, I'm, I hate using that word "worry." If we are to, if we are to stay up at night and plan, I, I said this during the revival. You know, what we need some Christians. Uh, we need some Christians that are conniving to bring people to Christ. I mean, plan it ahead. You know, so many times Christians are like, okay, I'm called to be salt and light, so the first person they see without any thought, without any preparation, without any prayer, without any this or that, they just blast them. You must be born again! And it's kind of like, well, you know, that's like jumping in the water, splashing around, hoping to catch a fish. It, just, it may work, but it probably won't. A good fisherman gets the right tackle, but you understand what I'm saying, and thinks it out. We need to have some Christians that have... uh, that are. If if we are planning something, we're planning how to lead people to Christ. We're planning how to uh, edify... We're we're looking around and saying, so-and-so, my brother or my sister in Christ is discouraged. I'm going to take time to plan out how to encourage them. I'm going to take time to plan out how to help them. I'm going to set my mind on planning and conniving and, and, and working to bring people to Christ... So it doesn't seem like I'm just flashing in, don't have any idea what I'm doing. I've thought this out. I have chosen to be a fisher of men. I'm thinking weeks and months and years ahead on how to be able to bring people to Christ, on how to be able to lead people. I'm in it for the long haul. Like I'm not just a light today, like a bright light, but I'm in this for the years to come. And think that way. He says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things. Shall be added unto you. You know what we need to do from time to time? We need to think about Jesus. We need to think about Him. We need to consider when we look at the creation. When we see a bird, you know what, you know what well, from now on should come into our head when we see a bird? He cares. He cares for that bird. He's gonna take care of that bird, make sure that bird's fed and all these sort of things. And he cares for me more than he cares for that bird. Because I was created in his image. When we see the lilies, when we see the things, and we see the beauty of it. We say, my goodness, God, God's going to clothe me with better ropes than that. He's going to clothe me with better righteousness than that. He's going to make me beautiful through Himself. Begin to plan out by looking at creation how good God has been to us. I think of, just in preparation for this uh, sermon, uh, I heard this poem twice. i would never heard it before in my life. heard it twice in the last week, so I thought that... Uh, it, it must have been for, for this uh, little poem. Said, said the robin to the sparrow, I should really like to know why these anxious human beings rush about and worry so. Said the sparrow to the robin, Friend, I think that it must be that they have no heavenly father such as cares for you and me. Listen, we have a Heavenly Father that cares for us. We have a Heavenly Father that has promised to take care of us, to help us, to lead us through. He says that we are better than the sparrows. We are created in His image. You know what Jesus Christ puts a high value on? Again, when we're talking about our treasure and our heart, it's about a value system. Again, when we talk about anxiety, it's about our value system. Again, you do not worry about someone you've never met's problems on the other side of the world. You don't wake up at night. It's about what you put your value to, that you worry about. Right? And here's what Jesus says: value. The Bible says this. What shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? If Jesus is telling if Jesus is telling the truth there, and he always is telling the truth. There, he is the truth. Jesus says that one soul is worth more value than all of the treasure in the world. One soul. What shall it profit a man if he gained the whole world and loses his own soul? Jesus said, it'd be a bad deal if someone traded their own soul for all the wealth and all the power of this world. No one's ever had all the wealth and all the power at once. There's been a couple that have come pretty close, the Pharaoh and that, but but, uh, Never all of it at once. And he said, but if they were able to do it, it would be a bad trade to trade it for their own soul. And again, here we are. Uh, How often is it that when we think of our value system, we worry about a lot of things, but are we worried about those around us that don't know Christ? Those around us that have not given their relationship and been in a a true relationship with Christ. This brings me to a, a question that I think we should all consider, is what is the condition of our soul? What is the condition of our own personal soul? Is it alive? Has it been renewed in Christ Jesus? Are we one with Christ? Have you, have you personally been born again? And again, if you've been born again, you know it. God's moved inside. The Holy Spirit of God lives inside. And if you haven't, then today you can. You say, how? By calling out to Him for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. Shall be saved. You can know today that you have eternal life. That you have forgiveness of sins. Believer, Jesus Christ does not want us to go through our life with an earthly mindset. Worried about earthly things. Worried about things that He's already promised that He would take care of. Things that He already promised that He would have. But He asks us to set our affections on things above. He says, don't be of little faith. But put your faith in me and trust in me. One last passage as we close. 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5. You say, how do I do that though? I'm so prone to pick up all my anxieties. I'm so prone to carry the weight of the world on my shoulder. I'm so prone. You know, if I don't worry about it, nobody else will. (laughs) Maybe it wasn't supposed to be worried about, right? You know, isn't that true with the story of Mary and Martha? Man, it was just like Mary was sitting at Jesus' feet and Martha was worried about making sure the meal was perfect, everything was right, the house was perfect, the the plates were set right. You understand? And Jesus said, uh, Martha, Martha, Mary has chosen the better, right? Wouldn't that be just terrible to say, "Man, I'm worried about it because nobody else is worried about it." Maybe it doesn't need to be worried about, right? Maybe we just go to Jesus and and remember Him and think about Him and worship Him. Look at First Peter chapter five and verse five. It says, "Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder; yea, all of you, uh, be uh, subject one to another." And look at this: clothed with humility this is the type of clothing we need to worry about. He says, don't worry about the, the other type of clothing. Uh, don't, don't don't focus on that. Don't focus on... You know, isn't it funny? Jesus says, He specifically says, take no thought for what you shall eat or what you shall drink or what you shall wear. And it's funny that so many religious people still today worry so much about what you eat and what you wear. And I thought, man, there's a clear passage in Scripture where He says, don't worry about that. Like... He says it multiple times. He says it in multiple gospels. Like, that's not what you're supposed to worry about. But yet, there are people that just worry about what they eat and what they wear. And, and then they make everybody else uh, do the same. He says uh, 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 verse, at the end of verse 5, But God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, and He will exalt you in due time. And here's the verse. Casting all your care upon Him, for He careth for you. I believe that the way to overcome a lot of these anxieties and troubles in our minds is to humble ourselves before God and then cast our care on Him. Casting our care on Him. It's kind of like you know, you cast a reel, you cast something out of a walk- You're on a boat and you cast it overboard right? like our sins are in the depths of the sea. But take your cares from time to time and just Cast them on the Lord. Just throw them there and say, they're gone. I mean, that was something that I used to worry about all the time. But you know what, God, that's your worry now. I'm going to worry about uh, uh, things of heaven. I'm going to worry about your kingdom. I'm going to worry about righteousness. I'm going to worry about souls. I'm going to worry about those things. And I'm not even going to think about getting scuba gear and going down to the bottom of the sea and picking up my worries again and picking up my troubles again and picking up my problems again. I'm just going to leave them there, down there. I'm going to, Lord, to the best of my ability, I'm going to seek You first. When I get up in the morning, I'm going to say, Lord, I want to seek You first in Your kingdom, and Your righteousness. Maybe we're anxious because we need to go back and consider the Lord focus on Jesus. Maybe it's because of covetousness in our life. Maybe we have such a strong desire for earthly things, we need to break the bondages of that covetousness. Maybe it's because we want to be seen of men. Uh, we worry too much about what other people think. Uh, maybe it's because we haven't gone to Him in prayer and cast it, or even fasting. Maybe there's unforgiveness in our life. Maybe we don't have singleness of heart. Maybe we are trying to serve two masters at the same time, and we're just so conflicted because of it, and our heart's not single on the one true God. Maybe, maybe it's because we're of little faith. And the Lord says, listen, I just want my people not to worry about the things that the world worries about. I want my people to trust me, to trust me. If I've promised to them that I'll take care of it, I just want them to believe me that I will." Amen? Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we love you this morning. And God, uh, we all, I believe, probably in one way or another struggle with this anxiety, trouble of our mind. And so, Lord, help us to cast our care upon you. Lord, you do care for us. You care for us. You told us more than the sparrows and more than the lilies. Lord, we trust in you as as your people. And I pray that you would deliver us from anxiety. Uh, Give us a right mind, a right heart. Lord, help us this week and, and even on, Lord, to focus on things above, not on things on the earth. Help us to focus on you, put our faith and trust in you and every one of our problems. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for taking the time to listen today. We'd love to hear from you and learn how you've been encouraged or challenged by this podcast. Please leave a comment on the Contact Us page on our website, or you could write to us at P.O. Box 641, Springboro, Ohio, 45066. Feel free to visit us anytime that you're in the Springboro, Ohio area.